This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yeah, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Vencast Studio Collection. Welcome, welcome to episode 28 of Riding the Pine. I am Hondo here with Guy and AG. Welcome, AG. Hey, glad to be here. Glad to see you back in the building, Guy. So we are we are off and running. Episode 28. This is the Tarek Black episode. Needs no introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to rock Sam Cassell, but you know what? I put the kibosh on that. No, kibosh. Kibosh is fully on, so we, we have to we have to just go and get started. But you know how we're going to get started this week? You get 24 seconds, 24 seconds to give me your favorite story of the week. Okay. All right, Guy. Time it. AG, AG, time I'm it. I'm on it. I'm on it, yep. Uh, I think it's got to be just from a very biased perspective as the Wolves um, overcoming adversity, taking down the Warriors, taking down the Clippers, you know, putting a, putting a hard-fought effort versus the Bucks. That's probably my favorite star this week. You know, we've had a really hard stretch of schedule here and we've been doing pretty well. So a classic tale of adversity, a, yes. a classic tale of adversity. And, and we shall overcome. I, I, I really like it. A.G., well, I have a, a story that didn't quite make headlines, but uh, it should interest everyone here. Everyone knows my team, but this is about two different teams, the best and the worst. Everyone, no, 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 no. Everyone does not know your team on the podcast, so okay, please. Okay, well, I'll reintroduce please. it. I'm a LeBron fan. My team is Cleveland. Oh, they're, okay. They're having a hard week, but let's not even talk about that. Feel free yet. to send hate mail directly to him, not <laughs> not part of at Ryden underscore the pine. Please. Bring it on, bring it on, yeah. <laughs> yep, so uh, in news on Monday... I just want to say New York, Golden State, both won. They're only ones of the week. Guess who was their leading scorer? You wouldn't be able to choose because it wasn't in the starting lineup. Uh, Golden State? Golden was State. Ian Clark? Yep, Golden State was Ian Clark. Yeah. No, actually it was Iguodala. Iguodala. <laughs> and for New York, Courtney Lee. But I think it just points to you know stacked teams you know, trying to make it happen by bringing in all these players. Durant's hurt. Mm-hmm. And now you see that they're only ones of the week. Stars didn't show up, and they still won. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time, the stars showed up, and they didn't win. So I just thought that was oh, interesting. Oh, oh, like, the inverse star ratio here. Exactly. Oh, so I'm, I'm just, I'm still going to argue that you know the team, the league needs to be a little bit more balanced and less focused on these superstars because they don't show up sometimes. And time is up. Time is up. Time is up. I made my point. <laughs> so I made my point. Hard in the paint. All right, I'm going to go a little bit outside of basketball, and I'm going to go to the fact that. 
why are slippery courts still an issue in the NBA? I cannot believe this. We make millions of dollars, the contracts are absurd, and we still can't figure out how to take care of a court. Like your favorite story of the week is a court? No, it's it's this it's a recurring court issue. It's like we cannot figure out how to prevent slippery court syndrome. Like <laughs> absolutely should be able to do this. Like, pay somebody somewhere, somehow. Major League Baseball can take care of the grass. You can't take care of a wood floor. Preposterous. Absolutely preposterous. That's it. That's my 24 seconds. I'm done with that. Uh, <laughs> I like that sound effects, yeah. All right. I'm moving moving on to some game highlights. Oh, so, the, oh, so, you know what? We're just going to we're gonna go right into it. We have to go right into it. There's no other option. So, we are going to go right into gameplay. So, 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 so we are going to go. Right into gameplay this week. Moving on to some game highlights of the week. We're going to go, gosh, we have to talk a little bit our, about our RTP game of the week, but we're not talking long about this. This is Warriors Spurs from, from last night. Uh, this ended up being a 107-85 win for the Spurs. This was trash. This was trash in prime time. It was over before it started. Oh, God. I think uh, there's two takeaways from this. I think number one was the ABC ad for game day <laughs> featured Zaza Pachulia. <laughs> well, I think they edited Paul Gasol. I think they had to have edited it maybe five times yeah. the entire week. So. And then the second thing was the promo for it was like a bunch of people not related to the game. Like LeBron and Bradley Beal and Kevin Love. And like <laughs> other people like, it's game time. It's game time. And then someone from Reddit posted like the same exact duplicate uh, version of that commercial, but with like edited for not playing today. So they had a Steph Curry for three, you know, like promo clip. And then someone overlaid, but he's not playing today. And then, you know, like, Kawhi Leonard, you know, taking that three over Kawhi. Harden. Ka- Kawhi now on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Well, see, you have to read between the lines. ABC is so smart that they they sent out a message that says, I know you, there's no reason to watch this game, but yeah. watch it because you love the NBA and all these other players that you won't see today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This was really interesting to me, though, because the game was not, but the whole like ramifications towards ABC, the media, everyone who's pouring money into the league, yeah. they're getting backslapped. Like, yeah. yeah. Everyone's resting on Saturdays now. <laughs> LeBron has rested on multiple Saturday night games. Just turn on the ABC movie of the week. It's a nine to five movement, you know? <laughs> Friday. Unbelievable. All right, let's let's go away from that garbage game. I don't even want to talk about the rest of that. Hey Gee, there was a much better game in our games of the week. Let's let's start off with the Wolves Warriors from three ten. Yeah, sure. So probably in no order whatsoever on their list yeah this wasn't necessarily the best game of the week but from a bias standpoint uh the wolves took on the warriors it was like a pretty interesting game where curry was off all game draymond had no impact um the subs like ian clark and patrick mccaw were like irrelevant and so it was basically clay thompson versus and (coughs) clay thompson had probably 35 points or something and we, the Timberwolves, were up by 17 at one point in the second quarter. And I watched this game with a few other uh, friends over at uh, downtown. And the entire bar was University of North Carolina versus Duke. 
Yeah. And one little dark TV in the corner <laughs> for <laughs> Steph Curry. You just know? one. One little corner TV. And yeah. It was obnoxious. And everyone there was just like fair weather college basketball fans. Yeah. yeah. Well, so welcome really, to March. So. Welcome to March. Welcome to Friday night. Like, what is that? What's happening? And so no one was watching the games. And then here is this little corner with four people like fucking cheering <laughs> over like a cat dunk or like, yeah, <laughs> or like a, that, a clay three or something. You that's know? where like, the addicts come. <laughs> Back in the corner by the one TV. Yeah, yeah. And anyways, you know, Wiggins had an awesome game, kind of carried us in the second half. But Cat was just unstoppable from in the first half. Yeah. Scoring, you know, another 28 and 15 kind of game. It's just fucking natural now. Yeah. Um, I think he's one of the more unstoppable players in the post right now. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable what I'm seeing. Uh, very biased statement there. I, it's understood, but hey, I, can I, you? I wonder if this is sustainable or not because we noticed in the Milwaukee game that Wiggins on an off night we just can't compete. But this game, you know, back to back years where the Timberwolves dethrone the the, the Curry Warriors. Yeah, you got to feel really high about that. You got to feel really good about it. And um, there were some amazing game highlights from that. I'd, I I would love to share them all, but maybe I'm just going to keep this rolling. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll keep it rolling. Can I don't you, know if you guys watch any highlights of it. Oh, it just shows their potential. You know, Wiggins mm. is is very solid. He he always has been, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's just a matter of well, where is he going to go I mean, next? He's connected to Cleveland, so I, I mean, I feel like that would be in your opinion, anyways, wouldn't mm. it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> any my non biased opinion. Yeah. Anytime that Wiggins is assertive and he's, he's he's switching to those green shoes, he switched shoes mid game. I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> he, he had he had his like Adidas white shoes that were supposed to be you know, you know sponsored to wear or whatever, and he switched to his green shoes. So after the first quarter, I think that should be a protocol almost yeah, yeah. if you're having an off game. But anyways, <laughs> all I'm going to say though is because he had a really quiet first half. All I want to say is when he's assertive, we are really hard to guard. Yeah. Meanwhile. We've completely bought into the Tibbs system. Like earlier in the season, we were like, "What's happening? Why is Tibbs putting Rubio in the corner? Why are why is no one you know rotating?" Or and now you're seeing the number one defense in the league, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I love that. Since the All Star break, it's a very short sample. I, I love size that of games, but gig. Can we talk about one aspect of this game in in kind of doing prep on this game um, for the games of the week and everything? Yeah, um, Minnesota. They opened up strong in this game, but it looks like they they really struggled to close this thing, especially in the fourth. Yeah. So I mean, it might, it might just be like you know a you know quote in quotation marks like tired legs or anything. Okay. Because they're playing heavy minutes. The starters are, of course. But like, it's a hard fought game. It's a really scrappy game against Golden State. Yeah. Against the Clippers, you know, you got to you got to put that in mind in sure. perspective. Calls aren't going your way. You got to get that attitude out and just play your game. Sure. Yeah, it's really hard to close against Golden State because Golden State's Golden State. Yeah. They can score at any time if they want to, if Curry, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't shoot for cancer, you know, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As long absolutely. as they're hitting their threes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, we missed a couple free throws. We missed like four or five clutch free throws towards the end of the game. Um, we had built a 17-point lead. We had, held, we had held Golden State under their, you know, scoring threshold per quarter by like eight or nine points per quarter. So we were just completely crushing them. Clearly, we were the more aggressive, assertive team. Mm -hmm. And just through the attrition of the three. All right, we're going to let's let's continue to move on. A couple other games of the week. Boy, this this second game here, this is uh, 
a likely matchup between MVP candidates, which is crazy. Just get, we'll, and we're, we're going to get into the MVP candidate discussion a little bit later. But this is the Spurs versus the Rockets on 3-6. So this last weekend, Spurs ended up winning 112-110. Boy, this thing was crazy, though, because 39 points apiece for, for both Leonard and Harden. Harden has 35 points through the third in this game. But when I watch this thing, I guess I am so just so enthused about play from Leonard on on both sides of the court. Yeah. He he makes a he has a block on Harden that shows everything about what his game is. Yeah. And, and it's just like you can't he doesn't get the attention that Harden and, and Westbrook get, nor does he want it. And he doesn't. He doesn't need it, but he is showing it on the court of what his potential, what his potential, what his game is at. Yeah, I think so. that just speaks to the Spurs mentality. You know, we had uh, the players before him. Um, we had Duncan. We had Robinson. They all speak, spoke to the same sort of credence, right? They're, but in essence, their game showed, regardless of the attitude yeah. that they had. You know, you 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 show consistency in your game. It's not it's not flash. It's not the me tension, but you you show. And you commit to winning. And that is that is what they do. And another thing is, I want to throw this out there. I think Leonard has earned his name. Harden has the beard. Let's just start calling Leonard the Braids. The Braids? The Braids. Gotcha. I think, you know, it, no, it I, speaks volumes. Yeah. I, he's hardcore. You know, he's not from the streets. But at the same time, he plays like it. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he speaks... Speaks volumes when he's on the court. So absolutely, um, yeah. This this is not that big of a stat from this game, but the uh, <laughs> I did see that the Rockets did attempt thirty nine threes in this game, and and that's that may be light for the Rockets, but I'm like, wow. <laughs> D'Antoni, <laughs> D'Antoni wants them to shoot fifty threes a game. It's just it's part of their you know uh, regimen now. Um, this game was interesting because. It was a matchup of like completely different play styles. Yeah. And they competed to this 112-110 outcome. You yeah. Know? And Spurs don't necessarily run the gamut in scoring. They usually have a very like a credence, like a, a cadence to the pace. Mm-hmm. And Houston is, is trying to do it seven seconds or less. So they try to do lobs, they try to do threes only. Yep. And it's really fun to see the the dif- differences in style mm-hmm. come together, clash against each other. And then you see Kawhi defending their best player. You see Harden kind of sagging off, resting on D. And then, but it's impossible to play in the paint against Houston's bigs because Houston's bigs are great yeah. at defending the paint, no doubt. And um, it was wild, and it was funny because this entire season Kawhi was an afterthought because it's been Russell Westbrook, it's been James Harden, it's been is LeBron, you know, yeah. playing too many minutes. What's happening with Curry? Kawhi's quietly without really trying to be punny there quietly <laughs> love it yeah. now now like towards the top he's like in consideration if not one of the favorites now that's that's because they're what a half game back if not one full game they've already clinched a playoff spot from the top seed and it usually goes to the top seed right this has mm-hmm. been a very unprecedented season yeah where we're there's a gamut of people to talk about for MVP. Usually it's a very clear one or two choices. Yeah. But that, and, and that, then here that comes speaks, another person. But that speaks to the the power at the top right now. Yeah. And yeah. the diversity of, of players at the top. And he he may not get the media spotlight, but I think at the end of the day, nobody would argue if he were to get the get the award this season. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> I don't 
I think there will be some arguing, just yeah. to, just especially with him and Westbrook about West about what Westbrook is doing. But yeah, let's, that has been like not an argument, but they'll say it. No, no, I, I, it will be deserved. I, I think it will be deserved. It will be earned by whoever gets it. Yeah. I think they're all they're all putting up numbers. Yeah, I don't but, think it'll be controversial, but I do think it'll be unanimously not unanimous. Yeah, <laughs> unanimously not unanimous. I, I will agree with that. <laughs> All right, let's move to let's move on to another game here. This is from last night. This was an amazing game. Uh, so Brian, one of our friends from NBA Thursday, was actually at this game down in Portland. Oh, so, oh yeah, so, yeah. So this is the Wizards Wizards over the Blazers from last night, one twenty five, one twenty four. Boy, the uh, Washington is down by twenty one at the half in this game, yeah. and they come back and they they win, but. Wall absolutely crushed it with 39. Beal has 26. Um <laughs> I I I was watching the highlights on this game as well and Wall should have actually won it. He had a pretty open jumper to win this game. I saw he that. just he just missed it. It just rimmed yeah. out. So uh he really should have closed it at the end. However, how this game is won is probably the biggest issue of the entire game for me. Because uh, Morris actually steps out of bounds right. before he uh, before he takes the shot, so right. he, it should not have counted. Right. But I don't know what the NBA is going to do. They're, they'll probably they'll bring it back to New Jersey and they'll they'll <laughs> sit on it for a while and they'll give a decision that is will not impact the outcome as they always yeah, do. Unfortunately, you can't rescind a win. Yeah. I I don't know. Actually, like I'll defer it to you, Gabe. What what can you actually do? Can the NBA actually reverse? Reverse a win, and what are the ramifications if it happens? Well, they've had this happen like 10 years ago when they did a replay of like 40 seconds of a game, mm-hmm. and I don't think they ever want to do that ever again. And so they have this, you know, recent like two minute report that tries to, you know, alleviate some of the pressure off the rest, but also hold them accountable and make them a little bit more transparent in terms of their calling. And they're probably going to release the statement that says that was an incorrect call that should have been a, yeah. but then. Slap on the wrist, move on. <laughs> yeah. Washington still wins. It's a very impactful little moment there. But, you know, in the heat of the moment, five seconds left, you're not looking at someone's foot position. You're looking at, like, mostly contact. And, you know, they didn't call anything You usually at the end of the games, you know? So yeah. People get away with a little bit more towards the end of that, you know, shot clock in the end of the game. Sure. But this, I, I, this is a good win. A very good win for Washington, a come behind, uh, a come behind win that they, uh, I think, will give them some momentum uh, as they continue to move forward. Yeah, Damian Lillard even posted oh, on his Twitter yeah. like he posted a picture of this exact picture, the frame when yeah. he's out of bounds. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh man, four eyes on the ball, huh?" And then he has the eye emojis. <laughs> eye on the so he's probably going to get fined for that. But. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So the last game is not is not really. It's about what didn't happen as opposed to what happened. And this is a Boston win over the Warriors on 3-8. This was a, a 99-86 win. The Warriors the Warriors just were struggling this week. They got uh they kind of got crushed in this game, especially off the bench. There was only 17 I was looking at the stats here, only 17 points off the bench for the for the Warriors, which is not consistent with <laughs> with normal production for them. But I, I suppose if they're sitting people and everything, it, that that could potentially be the case. Uh, pretty light night from Curry and from Thompson. Uh, Kelly Olynyk has a pretty good game, 17-5-5. Five five. 
Warriors are really, really struggling in the fourth. Nine turnovers and just not not showing it. <laughs> the my favorite point of this this game is Curry was uh Curry's definitely talking shit to uh what's his name? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown <laughs> going back to half court and just like you're not Curry at your absolute highest, but you're still like you're still one of the elite players in the league. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, sit down, rookie. Don't don't talk to me like that. So, but then Jalen Brown was on record saying he wasn't even talking to Curry. So Curry was in his own head <laughs> the whole time. Curry was just trying to like pump himself up. Okay. Honestly, okay. I don't had, I don't think it had anything to do with Jalen Brown. <laughs> I, like, I swear, I promise you. Like, he just, was like, just very it, apologetic to nothing. You know? It's like like DMC starting fights with reporters that he doesn't even talk to. <laughs> All right, right. Uh, the oh, other this was a really fun game. You know, it was really crazy that in Golden State there were a chance of MVP for Isaiah Thomas. But Isaiah <laughs> Isaiah Thomas continues to live up to his rep in the fourth. And it's just like I don't know I, I don't know Ever, what I don't know what to say about that, but it just continues to to move throughout the season. It's like, hey, that that factor that that process or that syndrome of what you do in the fourth, that's just going to go away. That's just a short-term thing. Right. It's not. He just keeps living up to that hype. Go ahead. If I could add something, I just think the Isaiah Thomas thing, it's, it's an amazing story. Uh, it's sort of the underdog, and I'll say the under six-foot dog <laughs> uh, in this sense. And people are gravitating towards it. You know, it's, it's, it's you, you hear about this amazing ability that everyone has or gifted with, and, and in terms of somebody coming in who doesn't fit the stature of a normal NBA player, to, to be doing what he's doing, I just think it's really inspiring. Yeah. And in some place like the Boston Garden, which has so much history, I like I like this story. You know, no, I, I like, yeah, and I like what he's doing. You know. I absolutely like the story, and I think uh, you know it. W- it was funny, even against Golden State, like the best team in the league record wise. He is capable of outscoring Golden State. I think Golden State only had like twelve in the fourth, which is their season low for uh, quarter wow. quarter output. Wow, wow. And I think they only end. I mean, they did end up with uh, eighty six points, which is season super low. super low for them. Um, but wow, <laughs> I just. <laughs> I just remember Mitch saying something about Isaiah Thomas. And it's like ever since he said something about taking him over Kyrie Irving. And yeah. like, you know, I, my mind was blown then. And it's like coming into fruition now. And I just got to bow down to Mitch. Uh, shout out to Mitch. Shout out to Mitch, out to Mitch from NBA Thursday. So. I, do, I, um, I remember there was a question or like a post-game uh, question asked to Isaiah Thomas. Just about like, you know. He just he just crushed the Warriors, but then he's being asked about being the 60th pick yeah. in the draft, and he's like, "I'm over this shit. Like, <laughs> stop talking about this. Like Do I'm not. now me. Stop yeah. talking about what yeah. that was. Like I don't care." And I remember he going off on that, and I was like, "Damn right, stand up for yourself, you little six foot <laughs> little pumpkin guy." So was it was it this week or was it a prior week in which there was actually there was like this jump ball. Between Thomas and someone else. Tyler Ulis. Tyler Ulis. Sorry, what team is he? Phoenix. Phoenix, okay. And he's like, it was what is week. he, like 5'10 or so? Or? Yeah, both of them are under six feet. It was 5'9 <laughs> and 5'10. <laughs> I was like, I saw that and I'm like, I was scratching my head. I'm like, this doesn't make sense for a, a, a classic jump ball in the NBA. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to some highs and lows from this last week. There's, dude, there is some incredible stats. Key kicker off. Well, this this week actually we haven't even talked about this team or him or anything. What Dirk, what Dirk did this week is 
you know, not necessarily unprecedented, but it's a very small company. He gets to that 30,000 point milestone mm-hmm. that only, you know, five other people have ever done. You know, um, we got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Carmelo, Will Chamberlain. Man, that is elite company. That's few the, small that names, is the yeah. list. That's, <laughs> that's the list. And Dirk Nowitzki, you know, so it was a pretty cool moment, you know, mm-hmm. after that shot, I think uh, Lakers called a timeout and everyone was mobbing Dirk and, yeah. you know, the... His shooting coach, who's been there for like 20, 30 years, sure. is in tears. Really cool moment for the NBA in general. But it's, that's not it. Like, that's not the only world-breaking stat that happened. Sure. Russell Westbrook is now in a league of his own <laughs> with the most triple-doubles in season history, in a regular season history. Wow. Wow. Surpassing Wilt Chamberlain, who is also God. in another category. I mean, it's just just the fact that we're getting to mention names like Chamberlain and Jordan and Bryant against present company. You know, just it, it brings back how awesome it is to be an NBA fan right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And then more on Westbrook because he's not done. He's going, you know, he's shooting his lights out. He's shooting for everything possible this season. Well, the NBA single-season record for usage percentage is actually Kobe Bryant, 38.5% or so. Yeah. In uh, a season, I think they actually won the title, the 2006 season. Oh, no, that was Dallas. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Um, One of Westbrook, his best seasons, though. Yeah, yeah. Westbrook has completely obliterated that. Right now, he's a 42.2%, or 42.2%, and... It's probably not stopping. <laughs> that's, just think about that. Like a, like a short spurt of games, you might see like a 60% usage. But over the course of a season, it's under 38%. That's Kobe yeah. Bryant. And he's at 42.2. It's, a, it's crazy how that's, it's just a one-man show in OKC. Gosh, that is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, LeBron is adding some of his own stats. So over the last uh, seven games, he has... Four triple doubles and seven. Well, time out. Over the last seven games, four triple doubles and seven double doubles. So it's a double double in every single game. Yeah. God, I mean, it's just it's just outlandish. Trying to predict, trying to how long until Vegas just allows for just betting on triple doubles? <laughs> I mean, it it can't be that long. I'm gonna go check it out next week while I'm in Vegas. So Vegas, uh, just get it ready for me. I'm I'm ready to bet on the triple doubles. Nice, nice. Um. Let's I mean, he's going 27.2 on 54.2, you know, 54% field goal percentage. And I know, I think there's a stat where he's actually shooting better from three than Steph is currently. Like, <laughs> as like a three-point rate, not like wow. attempts or anything. And if I can have my non-biased opinion, he's doing it all effortlessly, too. <laughs> <laughs> Steph effortlessly. <laughs> that's the name of the episode. I, I believe that that's the name of the episode. But, you know, he's also leading the league in minutes played. It's really crazy. And he's <laughs> when you're the MVP, you know, you gotta you gotta play when it counts. There is no bias. This is the no bias episode, episode twenty eight. Only kidding, guys. I'm only kidding. Did you say MVB or MVP? <laughs> Most valuable brawn. <laughs> uh, it was gonna start. It was gonna start sometime. <laughs> A little bit more on the highs and lows. Let's talk a little bit about points. Westbrook is going off 143 points in four games this week. 110 field goal attempts. <laughs> so is is it possible that that Steph or Steph that that Westbrook could score could score like 240 in a week? Uh, maybe he just uh, he just 
just rains everything down. I think he had a career high fifty eight earlier. Fifty eight and a loss. That and was a loss to Portland. It was still beautiful to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the assist front, uh, John Wall is is doing a solid eleven assists per game. Fifty five assists over the last five games. All right. So, any other highlights on the on the highs and lows stat front? <laughs> These are kind of like general general phenomenons. Um, so this season, Steph Curry was like. We'll say the past couple seasons, Steph Curry was the story. Like LeBron's reign might be kind of coming to an end. Sorry, and <laughs> Curry is kind of reigning supreme, right? That that spiciness, right, from three, taking over the league by shooting from anywhere. It's kind of hilarious how his brother is kind of taking a little bit of that 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 luster, that that magic from Steph, and Seth is shooting better than Steph. Oh gosh! It's, now in the record books, it's like S E period Curry as opposed to just like this, you know this Steph Curry. It's like Seth and Steph in categories together now. And do you throw Dell in there too, just to, just to really confuse the stats? <laughs> yeah. All, all out. Let's get Eddie in there too. Right? <laughs> um, but no, Seth Curry has a higher, uh, you know, effective field goal percentage from three. 58%, 44% from three, then Steph, which is, you know, 39%. It's been so crazy, though, because, yeah, I, I think, you know, Steph actually surpassed his father in terms of career points and everything, which is crazy, which is cool and everything. And I think Clay is on his, on his way, too, this season. But Seth Curry on a kind of a scrappy Dallas team has kind of quickly did this, like, 180 on the season where they sure. were trash and they were playing with trash yeah. and the trash kind of became garbage men picking up trash. It's <laughs> so like Yogi Ferrell, Seth Curry, Nerlens Noel, and then a resurgence of Dirk. Like he's 40 years old. And Coming on back. Through. Yeah. Well, talk about an unprecedented motivation for, for Seth. I mean, you, you have your brother who's the star yeah. of the league and you're yeah. also on one of the worst teams in the league. So he almost has this dual motivation. Yeah. that's really pushing him. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. It's cool to see you. And, um, I gotta beat my brother and and uh, bring old man time Dirk uh, in into uh, into the playoffs here. Yeah. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about Russell Westbrook in terms of what he's been doing this season, but what he hasn't been doing is taking care of the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. He's also along. He's not alone in this, but he's breaking the NBA season total record for turnovers in the season uh, later on this year. Mm-hmm. But guess who already has. <laughs> the one uh, none other than James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> um it's ridiculous, but he has probably he's on pace for over 150 to 200 more <laughs> turnovers than you know than himself last year. <laughs> we need like we need like an an operations management company like IBM or something to sponsor James Harden yeah. with the number of turnovers that he has. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, man, where is your efficiency? But hey. I mean, on a positive note, though, this is kind of crazy, but James Harden could miss the next 4,731 <laughs> free throws. Where did you find this? Well, I, this is deep in the internet. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> this is a deep cut. He could miss the next 4,731 free throws and still have a higher career free throw <laughs> than DeAndre. Than DeAndre Jordan. That that That's is pretty bad. that is beautiful. However, the the stat that sticks out to me is, and and you'll have to explain this a little bit more. But who has been the most clutch player this season in the last two minutes of these close games? And I 
explain to me exactly how the percentages work here before before we dive into the percentages. Oh, so what does it mean to be clutch if you can make a shot? So a percentage is in the last two minutes of a very close game, which is five points or under, as the NBA has decreed. Okay. Um, what's the shooting percentage? Westbrook is at 44 and a half. Oh, this is their shooting percentage. Well, okay. And Curry is sub 25%. Um, KD was at 47.5%. Yeah. For, uh, LeBron for you know 48%. Guess who's leading the league in the clutchest moments of the game? Damn it, Guy. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Dion Waiters with 50 Dijon Waiters. I'm not giving him his name. I'm not giving him his name. Unbelievable. I. He's, he's just like... Even at All-Star break, I was having tr- trouble predicting him, like, the success that he's been having. It's just like, we do this every week, and that guy just snuck up on us. And <laughs> just, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how to take it into consideration, but we're going to talk about the impact that he's having on Miami as we talk about uh, what's going to happen towards the uh, lower ranks in the East. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk no, about... No, no. We got to keep going. Oh, all right. All right. Do it. Some more unbelievable things. DeAndre Jordan could miss the next 475 shots and still have the highest career field goal percentage in NBA history. <laughs> That's called winning. That's insane. All he does is dunk. But if he misses 475 dunks in 17 games, he'd still have that thrown. Do we? We need Stack out in the building to calculate the most missed dunks out there because yeah. I just I want to know that for the archives. But let's put that in perspective for you know just normal people that are not in the NBA. You can miss work. Right. Six months. I still get a promotion. You know what I mean? That's right. That's good. That's good. But here's here's the best, dude. This is the best find. I have to say, I gotta pat myself on the back. So the Pelicans, yeah. Since trading Buddy Healed, Buddy Steph Curry Healed, right? Yeah. Of course. For Boogie Cousins, they haven't won a game where he has played in the fourth. <laughs> they are three and six since he's joined the team. In those three wins, count it. Cousins was suspended for the first win. He fouled out in the second win in the third quarter, and he was benched in the fourth quarter. He's now bench material. That's crazy to me. Um, Pelicans are a, a wild team right now. They're like signing dozens of people just trying to see who could fit, who can score points. At all for them in the ten day contracts. I don't. I don't know if you've seen the rolodex of. Who this is like the guard through. scramble. Yeah, yeah, the guard scramble, like with eggs, and it's just. <laughs> and Davis tweaked a little something this week too. Yeah, so we'll see how that. that he tweaked out. something. He came back and scored forty six last night. So like, <laughs> tweaking <laughs> what? He's like they don't know what's It's going common on knowledge that he'll be out every week for a game just because of a knee or a brow or something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? So it's like, of course. But then he comes back with a game like that, and you're like, uh, <laughs> I thought something. If only he had players with him, Boogie Cousins. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's wild. Gee, do you have any more just mind blowing stats for us this week, or are we gonna we gonna move yes. on to the uh, lighter side? I have a very lighter side stat for you. Okay. So Saturday, the worst day for a primetime <laughs> game for everyone sitting out. <laughs> San Antonio Spurs sat out everyone. Yep. From France on beyond. And Golden State sat down everyone. They started Patrick McCaw. Yes. Patrick McCaw is like, shit, give me the buckets, man. Like, this is my time to shine. Show that I belong in this league because he clearly doesn't. <laughs> so far. He's been starting in place of Kevin Durant, which has been also uh, obnoxiously absurd. 
He played 42 minutes that game. Like, 42 minutes versus the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Two points. Two points? He's a shooting guard. <laughs> Zero for 12 from the field. Two free throws. Welcome back to the main red claws, Patrick McCott. <laughs> he, was given, he was given the reins, and he was like, you know what? O-Man's Lounge instead. <laughs> Knock on the door. We yeah. got a seat for you in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's a perfect segue into uh, some other terrible moments and the other cast of characters that showed up at the old man's lounge this week. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! One more time! Oh man! Oh man! Man. Okay. Beyond that. So, gosh, Terrence Ross, just a horrific. 29 minutes over five uh, versus Charlotte. God, that is awful. He was traded for Serge Ibaka, who had like a career game the other night. Um, Jerry and Grant, 12 minutes, no points. Randy Foy, do, Brooklyn. Do we, do, do we give a group discount, though, to Brooklyn? Because we kind of expect it from Brooklyn. But we don't want it to. Like, they want to win, right? But <laughs> clearly, as a starting shooting guard in 24 minutes, your goal is to go 0 for 6. Versus Yogi Ferrell. Like, that's who's guarding you, the smallest dude in the court, and you can't make a shot. It's crazy. The Old Man's Lounge is not some hipster bar in Williamsburg. It's like someplace you want to try and avoid Brooklyn. Let's uh, get out of there. The reason why the Pelicans are trying to find shooters is people like Solomon Hill scoring, you know, zero <laughs> points. A negative 20 in a complete beatdown by Utah um, in 20 minutes. He's got no- Ron Baker, he starts, apparently. Ron Baker starts. In a win, mind you, Ron Baker starts. He's a shooting guard with a ton of hair, two shots, zero points versus Orlando, but they win. Okay. Okay. But Lance Thomas in a following game, this is, oh, let me, uh, a little backstory. Ron Baker started in place of Carmelo Anthony. Okay. Carmelo Anthony sits, they win. Lance Thomas starts, Carmelo Anthony's back in the starting line. Yeah. This, this they g- lose. This goes back to his theory. This goes back to his theory. Yeah. Jesus. 28 minutes, zero points because Carmelo's on your team. And then, you know, we got to give a shout out to uh, TJ McConnell, uh, representing the 76. Um, 32 minutes, leading the helm. You know, like six, maybe like six assists. Yep. Zero for eight, negative 16, and a beat down by Portland. Man, that is a lot of people coming through and... We're running out of seats at the Old Man's Lounge this week. This is not a good time to do it. This is your time to shine as we're, uh, as teams need to be making a run towards the playoffs, especially at the bottom. Well, players need their rest, you know. <laughs> their rest, but when they're on court, it's uh, you know it's best to uh, turn it up just a little bit. You got the ice bath. You got the hyperbolic chamber or whatever they're called. I don't think it's hyperbolic. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not hyperbolic. <laughs> it's like the cryo or Cairo, whatever, Cairo. <laughs> um, and then you got the yo man's lounge. <laughs> then you have the yo man with pretzels and cheese. <laughs> of course, moon cheese. Oh man, this is this is tremendous. You know what? You really don't want to join us in the yo man's lounge because all we're gonna do is criticize you. So put up some points and get on our uh, awesome moments of the week instead. 
All right, so we have a little bit of an audible this week. We're changing our five insane plays of the week to uh, a segment called Who Wore It Better? So this is a comparative analysis for things like game-winning shots, dunks, um, half-court shots, whatever, whatever. Two, two players show down, and we vote on who we thought wore it better. So first off, we have Devin Booker with a game winner over Dallas on 311, and Markeith Morris with a game winner over Portland on 311. So, who wore it better? I'll say Markeith Morris. Uh, you know, it was a hell of a shot. He has a twin brother as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like I do. So, I'm, I'm being a little biased. The twin brother bias for the game winner. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go with Devin Booker because it was sweet justice. Um, just a turnaround, fadeaway classic. And... Um, the fact that he was trying to race off the, the, the court afterwards was yeah. awesome because it was a, it was an away game versus Dallas, and I just think um, just like the poise, you know, like for a second year player was pretty great, pretty incredible. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so you got to break the tie. Uh, I'm I'm gonna break the tie, and I'm going with Devin Booker because Morris is a fraud and should be uh, oh, it should be removed. Devin Booker's. Uh, crossover and steps against Dallas were were crazy that was an absolutely insane shot it's actually in contention for top 10 plays of the year all right so who wore so who wore better um cp3's like half court like leisure heave or jamal (laughs) or jamal Crawford from the same team not from the same game the same team half court shot versus memphis i love the way i was trying to look at the name again cp3 or jamal Crawford. jamal Crawford. i love his jump shot all the way yeah You, you okay uh Okay, so you, you got Jamal Crawford. I'm, I'm going to take Jamal Crawford, but I also want to second the fact that we're going to hashtag leisure heave <laughs> as, as a patented term here on Riding the Pine. <laughs> All right, Guy, you're, you're going to break it for us. No, because it's already too... Okay, you know, sorry. Like Jamal Crawford. Are, are we going unanimous, though? No. You, we're moving on. Oh, okay. All right, <laughs> moving on. I'm going to butcher this name, Guy, so I... I'll just say it for you. Yeah. Scalabus Array. Okay. <laughs> so he's he's going over Denver's offense. He throws down a monster jam a few nights ago. Or uh, Marvin Williams over Bismack Biombo. Uh, I believe this is a couple days ago. These are both insane dunks. So did you see these? I saw Scal. Uh, well, I haven't seen these, so I'm going to go with Scal. You're, you're going with Scal? Um, I'm a... Monster Marvin Williams fan, so it's going to be a two-one. Oh. It's it's going two-one. All right, so that that uh, that concludes that 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 concludes the inaugural session of Who Wore It Better. Uh, yeah. you, you know, we're looking for uh, clothing sponsors for uh, for that segment in particular. Yeah. So definitely reach out to us. Uh, Sponsored by Oshkosh Bagot. <laughs> as it should, as it should. All right, hey, we got we're going back to the three man weave. It's been a couple of weeks uh, since we've been able to do this, but we have some uh, we have some deep diving this week. Yeah. So where where are we getting started? I think let's start it off pretty light. Um, it's wrapping up, right? The season's wrapping up. We got seventeen. We got a month, like less than a month left. Which yeah, it's wild that we've been doing this for the whole year, and um, the season's gone by so quickly. Seriously, I don't. I have no idea how the season went by this quickly. Well, it's recorded in all of our episodes, so I, f- I feel like we've, uh, we've been a part of it. <laughs> so as the season's wrapping up, usually there's like a really interesting bout for like the 6, 7, 8, 5, 6, 7, 8. But just straight up the 8th seed is like crazy this year for both sides of the conferences. For the East, you got Miami, Milwaukee, 
kind of like Detroit's floating in there. Chicago, New York, Indiana might be falling a little bit in the standings. You got Charlotte being like, what the hell happened to them? Mm-hmm. Like, who's actually going to take it? Yeah, it's a lot of A-game. surprises. Uh, the East, you know, it, we always say it's the weaker conference or the weaker sort of, you know. It's just side a, of, way side to, a way to describe this conference. Right. Keep going. Keep going. Um, but at Indiana, I think, you know, Paul Jars is already waiting on the bus to L.A. I'm not really kind of putting my, my, uh, my money in him. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. uh, Miami's been solid, surprisingly solid. Yes. I mean, they have. It's um, a testament to their coach, dude. Yeah. Like, seriously, Spolstra just unleashed the season without Wade, without Braun. And they've just been hanging in there, you know. Yeah. Hanging in there. Miami's been eight and two in their last 10. twenty and four. Yeah. <laughs> twenty and four in their last twenty five for twenty four five. God, that I mean that, that's absurd. But I mean the Bucks have been pretty hot too. They're seven three in their last ten. Yeah. So it's like who okay, so then it's a question. So I think it comes down to those two. Um, you know, with Milwaukee and Miami. All the other ones I'm not really gonna count in there. Um, their consistency doesn't really speak to me, so it's a matter of you know who's going to hold in for the long haul in the All right. season? All right, but I want to I want to go with a crazy scenario. Is there a scenario in which Indy doesn't make it and everybody else moves up? You have Detroit and Milwaukee and and Miami kind of rounding her out because I mean, really the Pacers the Pacers are only one game ahead of Detroit and Milwaukee right. and and yeah. the Bucks. But then the you're t- looking at the Bulls and the Hornets. Bulls, no way. I mean, they're just too no. I'm not. No, I'm uh, never. I'm never looking at the Bulls. Yeah. Sorry. There's no. I Chicago mean, I just in, in terms of standings there, you know. And then the Knicks. Yeah, right. I'm not even gonna. Right. See but the Hornets gonna, are still there. You know, they yeah. started the season eight and two, and they're starting, and now they're like almost ten games under 500. You know, it's wild what's happened with them, and relying on you know big white dudes is not necessarily the answer. Yeah. But like. The Heat, the Bucks look like they're going to solidify maybe both spots, the seven and eight, because Detroit, Indiana, they're not necessarily moving the needle at all right now. Mm-hmm. And Detroit, I think they're lucky to be where they are because in no way, shape, or form are they better teams. Are, is there are they a better team than the Heat as com- currently composed? Yeah, and the Bucks. So, so there, I guess they should th- be there could not. be a crazy potential then that. Let's just say, for just the sake of this argument, that the that the Hawks stay at five. Okay, that they are. Let we'll keep the Hawks at five because I mean they're they're a few games up anyways. Right. But then six, seven, eight could like go six, seven, eight in the order that you think right right now. Um, personally, I think it's going to be Milwaukee at the six. Okay, Miami at the seven, and Pacers at eight. Really? Okay. Yeah. I could agree with that. I, I kind of see that happening. I would maybe even say the Heat at six, Milwaukee at seven, and then round it off. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's almost like so Detroit doesn't make it on either of our boards. What about you, man? Okay, I'm gonna so, I'm gonna take the Heat at six. I'm gonna take the Bucks at seven. Uh, man, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Detroit at eight. All right, so Indiana misses the playoffs. So that's wild to me because. They bought in this season. They got Al Jefferson and Jeff Teague. They yeah, I just think they have too much talent. To... Monte Ellis, Paul George. But Paul George but, has been checked out all season. But it's, it's, so, it's so close. It's so close. I, I mean, I could be wildly wrong, but they're, this, it's, it's going to come down to the last couple of games in terms of how this is decided. But I think, I think given what Miami has done, I think they're, they're the absolute favorite. They are in. Absolutely. Um, in terms of the Bucks, yeah. in terms of every, 
the the Bucks and the and the Pacers. Man, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is just feel. But yeah, like and a lot of it's probably just straight up guessing because we don't know what's going to happen. But like you know, just looking at their st- just looking at the standings, look at what they represent. Indiana was an offensive minded team with a, a coach that's you know half of what they were last season. Detroit had like a four protect or, or four and one type of scenario where everyone was supposed to stand on the perimeter and Andre Drummond shooting you know shooting uh, lobbing jams and stuff like that. Milwaukee's probably the best defensive team out of the four, mm-hmm. and the Heat are probably the most composed and orchestrated team out of the four too. Like they have plays that they run, mm-hmm. and they have you know the most efficient you know clutch player in the league this season, Dion Waiters, and they are like running plays with James Johnson at the helm, and they are crushing it. With LeBron, like a LeBron James light style play of being more of a distributor for James Johnson. Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely think Milwaukee and Miami of the four are the better teams. And it's crazy to me because of just how the season started and how the season's planning out. But you know, you know what's also crazy is that as of right now, let's just extrapolate it forward, that the eighth seed, even potentially the seventh seed, just where this could end up. They may actually be under five hundred. <laughs> oh, the chances are pretty high. I mean, that same goes for the West. Actually, it's going to be guaranteed. Okay, and maybe that's a good transition point to go to the West. Okay, so the West now, who's going to take the eight seed? I think one through seven is kind of locked. I mean, Not, they're, yeah. they're going to shuffle a little bit. They're going to shuffle a little bit. Like Memphis might go up and down. I think they're really kind of tailing off right now. Yep. They're switching their lineups like daily. Uh, Thunder are peaking right now. The Clippers aren't I don't, like are in no man's land. But let's look at the eighth seed. Denver kind of has a strong, um, a strong case for just locking it in right now. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of games ahead of Portland. Um, the New Orleans is still in this. You know, Minnesota's in Portland, Dallas. Of so course. just throwing that out there. No, of course. So, you know, Denver kind of has a, a, a you know, relaxed schedule, strength of, ske- strength of schedule compared to, like, Minnesota, who has the hardest schedule the rest of the league. So it's like, it's going to be really hard for Minnesota probably to get in. Denver has, like, that cap. But is there a chance that, you know, Dame Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic or Yogi Ferrell and... Seth Curry, Steph Curry, or Maybe. You know, Dirk Nowitzki, they make that second half, that season-ending push. I'll say that with Denver, I've, you know, I've been watching them over the years, yeah. you know, fighting the Lakers. It doesn't matter what position they're in. They're so scrappy that yeah. if you need a win, yeah. it's going to be the hardest thing in the world to get from, from Denver because they're just such a scrappy team. So sure. it, it's hard to say that you know, this team is going to move in front of them towards the tail end of the season because they always seem to pull it out some way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I'll kind of tail on to that that sentiment that, the Denver, I think I think Denver has enough in their tank to keep the A seed. I haven't seen enough from the, I, I haven't seen enough from the Blazers and the Blazers. Re- they have to not only turn it up, but they have to turn it up even more than the Nuggets. And the Nuggets have to go on a relaxed schedule. So, I, I don't think we're gonna. I personally do not think that Denver is going to slip from the A seed. Yeah. Um, but you you never know what when Lillard turns it on. Mm-hmm. When Lillard turns it on, things can change. But I think this is going to come right down to the end. Given given the way that these teams in the bottom have been playing, though, they're playing about five hundred ball over the last ten or so. That I don't I don't think they're going to have somebody's going to have to get on a hot streak in order to change this uh, change this sentiment. Yeah, so like fifteen to seventeen games left, right? Yeah. 
like Denver has to go under 500. Yes, in 17 games. So that's like they're not going to. The playoffs are on the line. That's not gonna the playoffs are on the yeah. line. So I, they may not go. They may not go eight and two or seven and three. But they go six and four. That's yeah. going to force. That's going to force the Blazers. The Blazers basically have to, to go, go eight and two, eight and two, or nine and one, just exactly. to stay in this to make it to make it even. And I, I haven't seen a Blazers team that. The Blazers are not good enough this season to do that. Right. Not against this competition. Not going into the playoffs. Maybe not even looking league. at their record, it, it just depends on who has the most road games from here on out. Right. Because they both have terrible road road uh, schedules. Or road, um, yeah. You know, yeah, schedules. I mean, it's crazy because Minnesota and Portland have to play each other three times in the next 17 games. And and they're like in two weeks apart, you know, like three wow. times in two weeks. Dallas and Minnesota play, Denver and Minnesota play, you know, and New Orleans, who bought into the second half push, is clearly looking up, being like, yeah. wish we were there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does make it interesting, and I, I think there will be some fun games as teams are still vying for it, but I, I think, think in terms of practicality, in terms of what the stats are suggesting, that Denver sticks in the eighth. I think, unfortunately, as a Timberwolves fan and a hopeful for the eighth seed. I think it's Denver's to lose right now. So <laughs> I definitely will probably not lock it in, but have a 99% chance that's going to be Denver. Okay. So, But it's been a really fun conversation in the past couple of weeks, but it's definitely been kind of like recently just been kind of solidified, you know? Yes. Yeah. But like moving on a little bit from just like, you know, what's been such such, such a historic season, right? Mm-hmm. There was a historic season last year. Yes. Gold State Warriors took it upon themselves to break Michael Jordan's, you know, like not legacy, but Michael Jordan's single season record. Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Yes. Sorry. Seven, three, and nine. You know, they had losses to like the Clippers and the Kings and Utah and Minnesota, but seventy three and nine was historic. But they didn't win the championship. They actually lost, and everyone knows it. You know, yes. Three to one lead. They you lost. You could say history lost to history because. Yeah. That, I mean. Talk about a season that was that ended in such you know, great fashion. Right. You had you had a historical run, only to be beat by a historical run by a team that was, yeah. wasn't even favored. So yeah, but so I, you know, it's hard to phrase this question without sounding like a freaking idiot. Yeah. Like if you don't win it all, are you just a loser? No, the second place no, loser. I, I I don't think you are because the level the level that players like Westbrook are playing at this season mm-hmm. is is unprecedented. Okay. It's it's completely unprecedented. So I I think it only rises the caliber of the game. You're not it's it's funny, you know, saying that you might you might be a loser in terms of what the overall records are going to suggest mm-hmm. in terms of where you land in the playoffs where your team lands, but like historic performances will live the test of time. Mm-hmm. That I, I think that's where it belongs. And I, I'm completely okay with that. Right. And also, the, the way that things are shaping up, especially in the West with Golden State, that I think, I think it's going to be an absolutely amazing playoff run because I think we could see a little bit of variability, yeah. uh, especially in the West, which I wouldn't have predicted even a few weeks ago. And I also think that I also think the East is... I don't know. I'm I'm feeling some upset potentials uh, going on out there. Sure. So, like basketball, it's a team game. Yes. 
So let's make it a little bit more individual, individualized right now. Sure. You have like, you know, a Michael Phelps or like a Usain Bolt. Let's say they are doing like a marathon or like they're doing like a, you know, a mile swim or Usain Bolt's doing their like, you know, 200 yard dash and he comes in fourth place. Yes. Michael Phelps comes in fourth place. Yes. Is that, is that, but they've been like a godsend, you know? So yeah. they were breaking records, breaking records, but for not because they didn't place. Sure. You know, for example. Well, you know, is I, that, I, I base it more on consistency, to be honest with sure. you. Um, because if, if you've seen, and I, I'm going to cross uh, sports lines here with you know Belichick and the Patriots yeah. and with the Spurs, mm-hmm. they're always there. Yes. You can never count them out. Mm-hmm. So regardless if they won or if they lost in the second round last season, yeah. this season it doesn't matter. Just like with you know last year, the, the historic uh, comeback from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right. The next day, the Warriors are still favorited to win it next year. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's more about that consistency, how much this threat remains. Mm-hmm. Sure. And in that sense, it's, it's, it's hard yeah, to say. But, but in the moment, to the, to the point of this question, like, yes, you're going to get looked down upon. You lose 3-1, like, oh, my God, like – why did you do that? Right. I, I think you get looked down negatively, but I think historically, consistent to to, uh, to Ag's point, historically you're still recognized appropriately. Okay, so this is the point of this whole you know conversation has alluded me to Russell Westbrook and what he's doing this season. I think I understand the consensus here. Yes, what you guys are going to say, but I just wanted to kind of pose the question. Sure. So. Golden State's not necessarily breaking any records this season. They're going to kind of go with a very you know casual 60-win t- uh, season. But Russell Westbrook, who's an MVP caliber player, mm-hmm. who's you know probably not going to get the first seed, Golden mm-hmm. State might get the first seed. Um, Russell Westbrook is breaking barriers, breaking records, and could average a triple-double probably will average a triple-double by the end of the season. Sure. Which hasn't been seen since, like, Oscar Robertson. hmm Will Chamberlain, right? Like, hasn't really even been seen. But what happens if he just gets swept in the playoffs? Like, what happens if he does this historical individual season, yeah. right? The 58 points, the 114 field goals in a week of games. Sure. And he gets swept in the playoffs. Let's say he doesn't even win MVP. Let's say he doesn't even get MVP votes. What is he doing this for? Well, yeah, I, but I think there's I think there's two lenses. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely two lenses. There's an individual contributor lens, and then there is a team lens. I think that I think as these players look at it, they 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 want to look at the team lens first. So I think Westbrook would be devastated, but at, you know just piggybacking on what I said earlier, that he will still stand the test of time for his contribution uh, for the season. And I agree, but I also want to point to, you know, something we mentioned earlier with Kobe Bryant's usage back in 05, 06. Right. You know, he had that run where he scored, you know, 60 points in five games in a row, and it was just a, in a complete, I mean, it set the, the NBA on fire. You know, it was this talk of the town. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the team didn't go anywhere because they were garbage. Right. Um, so I, I still think that it's going to mean something to him and his legacy, mm-hmm. no doubt. I mean, it's going to stick with him forever. But there comes a time where you have to prove something. You know, like Jordan before he got Pippen and then yeah, Phil yeah. came in, scoring all these records, you know, 63 in Boston, you know, that kind of thing. It'll always stand, but yeah. at the end of the day, you're still going to need those records and those rings to, yeah. to make it mean something. It's going to be interesting, right? We're going to talk about the season uh, years from now, talking about Russell Westbrook. Right, it's going to yeah. be about Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not done with this though. Like, okay. This is kind of a meta discussion now about Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant left. Serge Ibaka got traded. You know, Reggie Jackson wanted out. All these, James Harden wanted out yeah. essentially. So if Russell Westbrook doesn't resign, resign, like it would be kind of crazy if he doesn't. Yeah. Who goes to OKC? Like who would rebuild? Who would want to go to OKC? Also, who wants to actually go to Oklahoma City to play with Russell Westbrook in this like individual quest year after year after year? Because I don't think he's done, dude. I don't think Russell Westbrook with this like Black Mamba, all eyes on me kind of mentality is going to rest and be no, more of a distributor. No. He is great in what he does, dude. He's an unbelievable anomaly in the league, right? Mm-hmm. But who's going to want to come and play there, like and play third, fourth fiddle? Like I feel like we've talked about this briefly. Sure. But like Oklahoma City in a meta discussion is in a really weird area. Like, yeah, they're I... not going to contend anytime soon. And though they've been pretty smart in the draft, like. Who's been staying in Oklahoma City after the the first four years? Not very many people. So, I, I l- let me just ask you a question to further clarify on your on your statement here. In terms of OKC, who who do you think w- what position would be most impactful for them to actually bring in Good. first and foremost, so we can potentially filter it down from there? Like a, a Kevin Durant replacement. <laughs> Like okay. someone who's like a three and D, a person who can score, who can take over, who can give a spell to Westbrook. Someone like a Paul George. Like Paul George is not going to Oklahoma City. No, Paul George won't go. He's a, he's a self-absorbed player. Like you know who Deion Waiters isn't going back to Oklahoma City. Yeah. Like just I don't know who's in the league who would go to Oklahoma City. You know, it's it's Russell Westbrook's team, and he could leave it at that for uh you know. For the next four years, five, six years, if he gets that extension of two hundred plus million, but he's in Oklahoma City, you know, like yeah, he needs still- no, he needs support, yeah. and it's just, I don't know that that player isn't coming to my mind. It's yeah. just I, I don't know. I I have to continue to think about it. It's funny. I, I AG- keep thinking about past teams, yeah. you know, from the nineties. It's right. almost like you know you had Jordan, and then he had all these complementary players yeah. that well, you said, yeah, he played with Jordan, but you don't think about anything else he did. So it's like, what combination of players does that fit in, in today's NBA? You know, who's the Steve Kerr? Who's the, the Walton? Who's the Rodman? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. You, you need all of those players, in essence, for him to be successful. Yeah, it was just a funny kind of train of thought while I was thinking about this. Like, what's happening in Oklahoma City, really? Yeah. And, you know, this season is historic for its own right. You can't take away what Russell Westbrook is doing. Absolutely not. Even if he doesn't win MVP, he wasn't a starter for the All-Star starters. Not that that matters much, but he wasn't a starter. Yeah. You know? Oh, God. Steph Curry has been abysmal compared to Westbrook in terms of production from an individual standpoint, but Curry was a starter. Yeah. This this season will go down to history, but is it meaningless? No. But is it very meaningful? I'm not too sure. If you could tie it together with some championships down the road... I think that will, it would be really meaningful. So then, yeah. Gee, but if I, I can't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I honestly think that this is a discussion that we're going we're gonna to go back to this in the dog days and, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and really, really dig into this because this, this is an amazing thing that will have me pondering for weeks on end. But I'm, I'm going to have to try and stay in touch with all of the playoff basketball <laughs> that's about to come on us. So, so that's um, absolutely uh, – uh, 
man, mind is spinning, but don't have enough time to so digest from, it here. From playoff basketball to more of like the teams that are kind of in that mix for the draft right now. Mm-hmm. They have a there's three teams specifically Milwaukee that's probably going to be in the postseason, honestly. Yeah, but just when I phrased this question, they weren't exactly there. But Parker um, with with Jabari Parker, sorry. Uh, Joel Embiid with Philadelphia and Zach Levine with Minnesota. Yes. This season, this offseason, they are all eligible for potentially max extensions. Okay. Okay. And they, if they are healthy, and they could become restricted free agents as well. So given their injury situations because ACL, ACL, Embiid has only played 30 games in his three and a half years. You know, like, do you, as Embiid... If you were Embiid, would you leverage your position as the best player that's come out of Philadelphia for a long time? I think you have to. get a max after playing 30 effing games. 28 minutes, like 30% of 30% of a season. You know, like he played only half the minutes of games, of half the games in the NBA. But I think this is unique because with the other, you know, Parker and Levine, they played more, but did they prove more? Right, and I don't know the answer. Also, you know, Zach Levine was doing wonders, almost like, you know, breaking records in his own right mm-hmm. in terms of most improved, in terms of three-point percentage and everything Sure, as a starter, solidifying the shooting guard position. But then he went down on that injury. Since then, the Wolves are kind of on this little mini tear. Yeah, Not saying that Levine's the issue. Yeah. I'm not at all, actually. That would be very... No, um, no, no. I'm not, I'm definitely not suggesting that. No, so. I'm not saying that. But, you know, how do you handle Levine when you also have to max Towns, when you also have to eventually max Wiggins, when you have to probably pay Rubio in a couple years? Okay, so now Jabari Parker. Yeah. Milwaukee's situation is kind of in flux because they have a lot of money involved in a lot of players right now, like Greg, on, Meg, Greg Monroe, oh. um, you know, Tony Snell, and, you know, Greek Freak is making 100 mil. And so, yeah. You know, and they're also paying Chris Middleton lots of money. So, like, but Parker's up for that too, and Parker was a huge reason for, for their beginning start of the season. You know, when the, since they lost Parker, they kind of had that dip. There's a lot of you know things in the air. So let's do they have to max Parker? Do they have to max Embiid? Do they have to max? Okay, let's hear it. So 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 let's let's take it kind of one by one and just go around the go around the table here. I Embiid, gosh, Embiid is a really tough case because. And the amount of time that he's actually played, to your point, over the last couple of seasons makes him makes him a huge risk, not only for Philadelphia, but for other teams. So he is just it's just he is he is a consideration that will just kind of blow a lot of teams minds in terms of what it's like. He has this potential, but if he can't stay healthy, it's a huge, huge gamble for for those teams. So. I, I honestly don't know what to do with Embiid. Obviously, with his star power and what he's proven this season, uh, I think Philadelphia would want to try and sign them, but they have to be looking at the risk that's involved. Yeah, I agree to that point. Um, you, know, you, you have to factor that in. There's so, been so many stories before that with Portland and um, you know, and other, know. other players that just come in and, and you, you put all your money and then they go down again. And it's like, well, you, you saw this happening before. You know, the writing was kind of already on the wall, so it's it's almost scary to to invest in a player like that. It's very scary, and I would say it's short sighted. If they pay Embiid, mm-hmm. they could really screw their future up because like, they don't even know like what Brooklyn Nets team. level or 
Yeah, because with all their with all their assets, they've been accumulating like seventeen second round picks and all this other junk that they have. You know, they have potentially two first round picks this season too. Like, what is their gain if they now have to pay Embiid and then have all these rookies that are you know you're right for themselves? The process just continues. <laughs> the process continues, and they have no idea what their team is because they have Simmons, Saric, that are Saric is their best player right now. Embiid is unproven, but you know, and Ben Simmons hasn't even stepped on the court, and they might get you know a, a, a number one draft pick, and then they have to really see who's going to be paid. Otherwise, you're going to get a Garnett Marbury situation, right? Like Marbury leaves for New York or New Jersey or something like that because sure. he's not paid the same amount as someone else. Yeah. And B gets paid but is not playing. What's that saying for the rest of the team? Yeah, it's crazy to me. I say don't max him. Don't max but him. But then Embiid has the leverage. No, he does. Embiid is Philadelphia right now. Yes. So I, he absolutely I am is. so confused by that. No, he, he. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. I, I think that just from a, a marketing to the – like you're really going to piss off the Philly fans if you let go of Embiid. But the longer-term prospects and, and the risk level, mm-hmm. it might suggest going otherwise. I don't know. We're going to have to revisit that one uh, but, but more time. But to A-game's point, man, like – it's screaming Greg Oden. Like, it yes. is screaming Greg Oden. <laughs> Don't fuck this up, Philadelphia, because I'm rooting for you. Yep. Um, okay, so Jabari Parker, just quickly, like, I don't think you max him either. No. He's had two ACLs. No. Like, seriously. No. He, I, think he's, I think he's a bigger risk than Embiid is, and um, Milwaukee is still winning, and I think that he doesn't have as much leverage. I think he, he still has a position somewhere in the NBA, but he's, he's going to have to test his... Uh, free agent value yeah and yeah, that one's pretty straightforward i, I agree okay. on all okay yeah I, I feel like it's more gray uh than i initially thought because more of a gray area than i initially thought because they were doing so well in the beginning of the season and javari parker was like torn acl ha huh. you know he was averaging 20 plus he was getting fucking all-star votes yes like he was leading in the power forward position for all-star vote like he was in the conversation rather yeah like he was going the distance and like proving doubters wrong. Like he's not just a Paul Pierce clone. He's has he has his own game, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I don't know what to do with him either, and that's what I, I asked this question kind of just to leave it open ended, honestly. Yeah. No, because I don't know what to do with all of these players. I I feel a little bit more decisive on Jabari Parker and yeah. and uh, probably not bringing him back in. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I I think it's okay to kind of sit <laughs> sit and wait and continue to ponder this and continue to discuss this. Now, Levine is actually boy, L- Levine is a really interesting scenario as well. Mm-hmm. Man, where so he's he's shown his potential, but you obviously you have to keep the money on the table for Cat and for Wiggins. So and and what what Rubio is still showing. And what he continues to show, mm. it's like, do you do you take Le- somebody like Levine and potentially move him as a free agent, or let let him be moved and uh, potentially bring in a, a veteran to support that cast? I mean, I continue to think about that that rationale. Not not that Levine is not an excellent player, mm. but he's he's gone down once, and and we still need to solidify some veteran leadership on this on this Minnesota team. I'm going to work in uh, you know, Guy's point with him being improved. Yes. There's a level of most improved that I see a difference in. There's Kawhi Leonard, most improved. Yeah. Sure. Because where he came from to where he is now is, yeah. is ridiculous. Ridiculous. With Levine, 
I don't see him ever getting to that point. Okay. So it, I, w- I would judge it on that. Kawhi Leonard, max player, center of the team, you need him. With Levine, yes, he's a good player. Yes, he's improved. But at the same time, I can see him as a wing on any team. Yeah. So in Tibbs' system, it took Wiggins a while to understand like where to be position-wise. And he was kind of brought in as one of the more defending d- – NBA-ready defenders and has kind of proven doubters right in the sense that he's been kind of weak in team-oriented defense, but great as an individual defender. And obviously, he's defending the Kawhis and the LeBrons on a nightly basis and then has to score 20 points, so Wiggins is, has a lot of pressure on him, and he's been given the reins right away. Mm-hmm. Levine has been kind of toyed with a little bit, like he's been starting, mm-hmm. not starting, as a point guard, as a shooting guard, as like a super sub, as like barely plays... With multiple coaches, he's not really shown his moxie until this season. To your point of him not being most, you know, really improved to the level of Kawhi. No one improves like Kawhi. Kawhi came from San Diego State without a jump shot, <laughs> just fucking massive hands. <laughs> and now, you know, that's just a meme right now. Like he's completely transformed. But it also speaks to his potential, though, because because what Kawhi showed is is where he could go with it. Um, and I just. Right now, I guess, I haven't seen enough evidence to, to say that Levine can reach that level, even if he's given more time. You know, 100% guaranteed Levine will not reach that level. Um, I see him more of like a Jamal Crawford than I do see him as a Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. yeah. I see him more of a super sub than I see him as this defensive monster. Sure. But he has MJ, Kobe all over him, like in terms of comparisons, like in terms of what he could do yeah, as, athletic as an ability, athletic, yeah. as well as taking over games. Because if you... I know you weren't watching the Wolves much, but he was our probably our most clutch player in close game situations because Wiggins would hold the ball, pass to Levine, Levine could play make for himself. Levine, with 10 seconds left, could get a shot three or four times in that 10-second frame. Okay, we're, we're not necessarily going off topic too much, but like Levine is improved, was in candidacy for most improved in terms of he upped his point average by eight. He was... Top in the league in terms of three-point percentage at one point in the league. He's not just a dunker. From an Eastern Conference lens, maybe everyone thinks he's just a dunker. Um, he got injured. He was played the most minutes in the NBA before he got injured. And I think, you know, part of the system was Tibbs bought into Levine, who bought into the system. Mm-hmm. Levine was like a no-nonsense player. To Tibbs' credit, he bought in to Zach as a starting two-guard, not as a defender as a shooter, as a Clay Thompson, as a Jamal Crawford. Does a Jamal Crawford in the NBA today get a max contract? I don't think, that, I don't think he does. Does a 22-year-old Jamal Crawford do, get a max contract? But does a, does a Tim Hardaway Jr. in today's league get a max contract? Seriously. What he's been doing. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. He's, he's been, I mean, he has amazed me in several different... He's the reason why the fucking Hawks are in fifth place right now. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I would say that, you know, that's my argument. It's like from what I've seen, I would I would probably give it more to a Tim Hardaway Jr. than I would to That's crazy. A right now. You know, that's crazy to me. Like, because I don't know the answer to this, but I just do know that, you know, money is going to have to be on the table this season for Tim, the Timberwolves. Yes. And if we don't address it correctly, shit. <laughs> because Shabazz has to be paid. Yeah. Wiggins has to be paid. Gorgie kind of got paid. Yeah. Towns will be paid in two years. Yep. Like, and he's going to get a max. Mm-hmm. He has to get the max. 
Wiggins will probably get a max, and you can't have three players on max contracts, can you? No. So not if you're in Minnesota. In, not in Minnesota. So it's crazy. And will Levine settle for less? And I have no fucking idea. <laughs> it's just well, let's let, let's keep it let's keep it out there. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, the Lakers are available. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! That fuck out of here. <laughs> that ends that. I knew that, that would draw some controversy. That that ends that. That's that's controversial in and of its own right. All right, so we're gonna move on from the three man weave to uh, this week in basketball. Uh, a little bit of kind of activity, and starting last week, we're we're talking about uh, players of the week as they're not announced till Monday. Yeah. Just some predictions of what happened over the last week. I think that that Bradley Beal, with what he's putting up in the East, is a pretty solid contender. Beal, Beal, Beal. So uh, for the player of the week, I I don't know. I'm either going between Russ and Harden, which is ironic, but in terms of output, in terms of what they've done over the last week, I would expect to see any of them. Thoughts or changes to that list? Um, maybe LeBron. Maybe um, LeBron just keeps winning like every single award. They've from- had, yeah. I, I, yeah, but I, you know what? He's 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 stepped it up though. Yeah, because yeah. there's a level of LeBron where he's consistent, and then there's a level of LeBron where he's like he's taking over and sure. he's, he's he's helping him win. But do you do you think he has it over the last week? Because he just received it, I believe, last month for yeah. February. Not in comparison to February, no. Okay, right. okay. So we'll continue to see that. And it, it's got to be Russell. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's it, got to be Russell. It definitely has to be. So uh, we have to talk about one injury here. Which it could be pretty big in the long run, and that's the. You don't think it will be? It's minor. He's had this since he's had this uh, condition since he's been in the league. He's always oh, missed like, okay. a week or two. Okay, consecutive years. Okay. Uh, in Portland. Okay, he has this like heart heart arrhythmia. Yeah, and it's kind of offbeats itself. So okay. he's out for a couple weeks. And yeah. <laughs> but is it going to end up like a Chris Bosh situation in, over the long haul? You know? uh, who knows? Straight I heard it's a very minor dinosaur thing. blood. I heard it's a very minor thing, <laughs> yeah. and people, okay. I don't know. And we, we we need somebody from, uh, we need a doctor to come in for yeah. RTP. <laughs> all right, this is a call out to all doctors coming in. You're invited to NBA Thursday here in Seattle because we need we need somebody on to talk about injuries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll send it out in Morse code. Um, um, we have to talk. So I took this out before because I'm like, why are we talking about fines? We got to talk about fines because fines have amped up over the last couple of weeks. DMC is just a fine machine. He got a $50,000 fine for inappropriate language directed towards fans, which I I find extremely, extremely, extremely hilarious. And just like, yeah, I could definitely see it from him. Typically, it will direct it to reporters, but you know, fans get in it. <laughs> they got to nip it in the butt, right? There, yeah, you know? but there's another another huge fine that came out this week, Gee. Yeah, to both Brandon Jennings and Jared Dudley for their altercations in a game that was so meaningless, <laughs> right? New York and Phoenix, like thirty five k a piece, like that's a chunk of their salary. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy to me because, like, these are this is a it's like the ramping up of fines is happening in the yeah, NBA, right. and like you're seeing like the five thousand like flopping fine, or like you're seeing like the ten thousand inappropriate language towards the refs fine. I got it. I, I know what's happening. Adam Silver is upgrading to Adam Platinum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? I, I'm, I'm going to take a more political position on that, and in, in terms of this being just a very outspoken time, 
I think there's there's a lot of players, you know, just like with the Iguodala situation over the weekend. You know, it's just sort of players are getting more outspoken. You got Draymond Green, you got Iguodala, you got these players that are just speaking their minds more, and it's getting a little out of control. Yeah, they're speaking their minds, but the NBA is certainly trying to control control that communication, and if people are violating that in any manner, they are stepping right back in. But they are still way better than the NFL, and I will go on record as saying that each and every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, moving on from fines to a little bit of lighter news. <laughs> this week, this week we have a brand new animated film from Kobe called yeah, right. "Dear Basketball" yeah. that that debuted at, at the uh, Tribeca. Will debut? Oh, it will debut at the Tribeca Film Festival. It's scored by John Williams. Of like course. what? <laughs> Kobe, you can do anything. Yeah, yeah. He, he he said that he's like, I want to get creative. Yeah. I want to get creative. So, what's "Dear Basketball" about? Do we even know? It's about Kobe. It's probably the struggle. Oh, Jesus. It's struggle of winning the rings <laughs> and winning the fame. Uh, big three news continues. So what's happening in the big three? AI unveiled his team name. You might know this name. I love it. It's called Three's Company. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just lo- a fan of the 80s sitcoms. I'm man. looking forward to seeing what the logo is going to be. Is the logo out? The logo's out. Oh, gosh. Oh. It's... I, we got to we got to keep them going because they've been incredible thus far. We talked about them on the last episode. I think we've said this before, but you know, move over, Dad. Uh, you know, Steph Curry passed Del Curry, and the end. You know, his scoring <laughs> list. This episode is now brought to you by Ancestry.com for uh, for all the Curry references in this episode. <laughs> all right, we're gonna. We're going to close out this episode going into this next week in basketball. So RTP Game of the Week tonight, is actually tonight, tonight. tonight, the Cavs versus the Rockets. I think that should be a great game. A couple of games of note include the Jazz versus the Cavs on 316. Uh, even though Memphis is skidding, Memphis versus the Hawks on 316 is a is an interesting game. Pelicans versus Rockets. The Pel- are Pelicans going to show up in this game? Uh, but I think it is a game of note. There's some just average games, so it was it was tough to pick the cream of the crop this week. There are some terrible games, our worst games, our public service announcement out to you. Knicks versus Nets, that may be a big thing in New York, but it is not a big thing across the NBA. In terms of Golden State versus the Magic, that is garbage. However, however, if Golden State is sitting people, uh, that may actually be a competitive game. And Magic versus Suns is one of your contenders for worst game of the season. So definitely stay, uh, stay away from that thing. From obscure games, we're going down to Victoria in Australia for the Big V League. We're going to see the Ringwood Hawks versus the Waverly Falcons. Way down under. Way down. Way, way, way down under. So uh, if you're on Twitter, follow us at Ryden underscore the pine and at Guy Dota at how three at vexed intellects. If you're in the Seattle area, please come join up with us at NBA Thursday. You can find us on meetup.com NBA Thursday. All right. So that's going to bring us to the end of episode 28. Uh, Guy, where are we? Uh, what's taking us out this week? Two possessions of the second quarter. Dirk got one shot. He's about to get another. Down low against Larry Nance Jr. Here it is. He's done it. Put on a show to do it tonight. Needed 20. Did it by early in the second quarter. And finally, 
the shot that will always be remembered as associated with dirt to be immortalized in statue one day. <laughs> Sorry, Larry Nance Jr. It happens. Sometimes you're there for 30K. But it had to be somebody. Yeah. If I'm Derek, I'll go ahead and go full ice cube. That's it. That's it. Go watch some basketball. We'll be back right next week. This has been a Ventas Studios production. This is Stacy on her motorcycle. What an incredible view! And this is Stacy off her motorcycle. Does this have sucralose in it? On her motorcycle. Oh, the wind in my hair! Off her motorcycle. Uh, it's pronounced etc., not etc. On. Woohoo! Yes! Off. No. You're better on your bike. And with basic policies starting at $75 a year, quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, the pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.